So if you've been with me a long time, you remember that I have a neighbor who used to let his dogs out at night and keep us awake all through the summer. And I've already had my first go around with this neighbor this year. It ended up in a, like a yelling match that I had to go back and apologize for the next day and bring a case of beer, which it turns out was the magic key. And now he's keeping the dogs in at night in a beautiful way. But in the daytime, he lets them out. It's so hot in my space right now, but I have to keep the windows closed to do this podcast because the dogs are out there. And yet he persisted. That's what they'll say. They'll say as a podcaster, and yet he persisted. Because here I am doing the show. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome, John Wright. You are with me. Hey. Another sign that this is the podcast, because John Wright is, I was going to say my producer, but John, you're no longer my producer. Am I not? You're one of my producers. Oh, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, you have a whole team now. I have a, we have a whole team. We have we have Katie. It does feel good. Katie's great. Somewhere on one of these episodes, we're gonna just get her on to tell her story and all that stuff so that people yeah, can yeah. know who she is. But like there should be little bells and whistles all over the place that seem a little different, hopefully a little better. I mean, the fact is that if you got my newsletter, because we're back to doing newsletters. I'm excited about that. Yeah. If you got the newsletter on the first episode or even just the announcement of the first episode, it promised that we would drop an episode on Friday. And, and this is Friday. And if you're listening on the first day of the episode, we did what we said we would do. Yeah, amazing. That's a week off in my life right now, but I can record this with confidence because we have a process. Yeah, we have systems now and it's we so have a exciting. schedule now and I feel good about it. I do. I hope you know, I hope it doesn't destroy the spontaneity of the show. But like if you've been with the show for a long time, you probably remember the letter about my neighbor's dogs. Because that was the newsletter that I sent back in the day that got the most responses of anything I've ever written in my life. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I got so from I got them from dog lovers, I got them from sleep lovers, I got I got <laughs> suggestions for how I could muffle the sound in my ears. I got suggestions for how I could poison the dogs. <laughs> it was, uh, it, 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 it was, I, I, I feel like I've, I've tried to, we've touched on a lot of emotionally charged um, subjects, but nothing, nothing reached people like that one. <laughs> so. Your situation with the dogs. And yeah. I think you said that dog's still around? Yeah, yeah. It's the same dog that I'm, I'm shutting out right now. Wow. All right, so listen, this is a Q&R episode. That's why you're here. Yes. You, you, always, you always bring the question. Question and, and response. And, yes, and I try to respond and you help me, but like, I know that you probably would have a much better response, uh, but it's my show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would uh, on this one at least, but let me give you uh, the question. Are you ready? Yeah, what do you got? Hey, Bart, we all know you want everyone to build more loving relationships, but to that end, I'm wondering how- Wait, to... can I just say, can I just say I like uh, that person already? Yeah. Because <laughs> they know that about me. They do. I'm wondering how to more reliably judge the character of another person. For example, the other night, I listened to Ricky Gervais make a bunch of jokes in his new special on Netflix about race and gender that only made me laugh because I'm pretty sure he's a good guy. If I trust somebody's intentions- then I can listen to what they say, even if those same statements would seem, quote, problematic 
or controversial or even malicious coming from someone I didn't trust. So then, what do you think it takes to accurately appraise someone else's character, whether they're a public figure or just my auto mechanic? That's a really good question. And I know exactly what he means. Yeah, I love that question. Yeah. Especially, it's funny, even the auto mechanic thing, because I go like, you know, if there's anyone's character that you need to judge accurately, <laughs> it's your auto mechanic. The guy who's going to tell you what's what's wrong and how much it's going to cost? Yeah. You, so you take the car in, because you don't know what you're doing. And 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 the, and I say guy, it could be it could be a woman, but in my experience, it's, it's often a guy. And a guy looks at me and he says, yeah, you're going to need a new rotor fan or a new... <laughs> Did you make that up? Yeah, yeah. There's no such thing. I think it's a road. <laughs> but like, I'm sure I've bought one. But he says it's going to cost you like seven hundred dollars. And you're like, can I get along without it? It's like, ah, yeah, I wouldn't. It's really dangerous. <laughs> Some of these places, like, they'll show you the part after they've done the thing. They'll show you your old part. But like, what do I know? Yeah, it could have been perfectly fine. Or they might have just been saying like. You know, when they buy the new one, they might buy the more expensive one, and there, maybe there was a, a better deal for five hundred. Right. I you have to trust that person's character. Yeah. And so, so like I love they threw that in, but the Ricky Gervais thing too, because in this day and age, we listen to a lot of voices, and I, I mean, I, on some level, I'm one of those voices. That's right. People have you in their ears and they either trust or don't trust the intentions of the guy behind the microphone. Yeah. So how do you how do you And do you know, that? Ricky Gervais is a good example too, because he's uh well, he did just come out with that new special. Um, we know he's made very humanizing content. Afterlife is a great show. Right. And is I think you've mentioned it even on the podcast before as one of your like, hey, this is a very humanizing you know, d deals very well with, with emotions. And I know he's an atheist. Uh, he's part of the secular community, an active part of it. So I don't, I, that's an interesting question. Do we feel the same about uh, Ricky as we do Dave Chappelle and as we do Louis C.K.? And as we do, you know, so like, and Louis is an, another example. Oh, someone yeah. who did what Louis does do, or what Louis did, uh, which was actually a long time ago. It's 2005, I think, or something. But you say, like, do you trust Louis C.K. to tell you a joke now, you know? So yeah, all of that is very good no, stuff. Okay, there's so much stuff going on here. I don't like- I know, I know. I know, I know we don't want to go forever, but I just have to say, like, this is so- I mean, just the words that we're using. Trust. Yeah. What is trust? Character. How do you define character? I intentions. Yeah. Um. It's funny because Ricky Gervais sometimes guests on Sam Harris's show. The, oh, that's right. Yeah, they, do, yeah. they do a thing together. Mm -hmm. But I was listening to Sam Harris the other day talking to this other guy and the subject of their show was, is there, like, do we really have selves? <laughs> right. And it was this kind of like, this guy was like a mixture of a, a neuroscience researcher and a, and, and a student of Buddhism who's also an, an atheist. The, the other guy, not Sam. Sam's mm -hmm. probably all those things too. Yeah. And the idea was, is, you know, the, the idea that what does it mean to have a self? And of course, Buddhism would say like the self is an illusion. It's like a mirage. Like you see something, but it's like, you don't actually have a self that has a free will. Um, you're a person, 
Um, but but that's like a, a, a combination of parts, kind of, or or like a yeah, and, it's a and, confluence of things, right? And it's a deterministic thing where like yeah, you are a location where things happen, but that that you're not a consistent cell. And they were like, well, even your body, like the atoms that form your body now, have all been exchanged out with the atoms that formed your body, you know, five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I guess. It's use, you know, a show like that, that uh, severance show is useful at kind of exposing, like, if you don't remember that something, does did it, it even, does it count? Yeah, did, yeah, does it count as part of your, like, does that contribute to yeah, yourself? Yeah, does, does my friend with Alzheimer's who can't remember his relationship with his wife, is he, is he the same person? Is he a continuous yeah. person? Is he, is he, does he ever have a self and is he has self? So there's all those questions, mm-hmm. you know, like, so in terms of like Ricky Gervais, like, when you say, do I trust Ricky Gervais? Like, what are you trusting? Are you trusting him 20 <laughs> years ago? Are you right. trusting him now? Like the Louis C.K. thing. Like, I, some of the things that Louis C.K. said in his bits right before he got nailed were some of the most knowing and helpful things I had ever heard from a comic. Mm-hmm. And you're like, are they all evacuated by that event? And I'm like, like, what does it mean to trust I would say I trust Sam Harris. I trust that he has a generally helpful way of looking at the world and and that the way that he looks at the world, I generally comport with and trust. I don't trust Joe Rogan. I don't think I'm going to have the same experience. (laughs) One picture of your upper body would show that you don't trust Joe Rogan. You are not, you are not, you are not taking those supplements. No. You are not out there bow hunting. You do not trust him. No. I think when it comes to like trusting Sam Harris, there's two levels, at least two levels and maybe three that you meant that, that, that are worth mentioning. Can, can I mention one real quick that isn't one of them? Yeah. It doesn't mean agree. It doesn't mean like I always agree with everything Sam Harris says. No, but what was interesting was, is that when you were describing why you trust him, you said, because like, we generally have the same point of view. Worldview. Yeah. The way of looking at the world. Yeah. And I would say that's one of the biggest dangers in trusting other people is that trusting that because you agree with their worldview, that you can trust them as a human being. Mm. I would imagine that there were a lot of people at the Capitol on January 6th who were standing out there going, this election is stolen and Trump's great. And the other guy was like, yeah, this election is stolen and Trump's great. We need to do something about it. Yeah, we need to do something. And they were like, because they trust, they, and they were like, you're, you're, you're a brother, I trust you. And then they walked down to the Capitol to do something. And the one group thinks like, we're going to stand here and wait till we get on TV and we're going to make our voices known. And somebody picked up a flagpole and it's going to smash somebody over the head. And they're like, what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And and they trusted because they agreed with this person on worldview or on an issue. They they put trust in them and they thought like, oh yeah. And then they realized like this person's a violent person who would hurt another human being. Right, right. And and, and I want no part of that. And like I don't want to be associated with this. A lot of people had this experience in church or might have this experience in an atheist group. Where they would go like, you don't believe in God. I don't believe in God either. 
you know, and let's go, let's go get a drink together. And then the person like makes a move on them that they don't expect or says something really cruel about women that they didn't expect. And they're like, I thought we were, you know, similar because we agree on this issue. Right. But I, I think you could tell me a, a joke about, uh, about the difference between sexes or something like that, that I wouldn't accept coming from someone else who I didn't know what they thought about women. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess necessary, but not sufficient or something like that. But like, I just could like, I think it's really dangerous to think that because people agree with us that they're, that they, that they have good character. Yeah. No, I we sort think of that's, like, a good, that's a good point. If we trust our own character, we're like, I'm, you know, I'm a good person. Then when somebody agrees with us, we sort of think like, because they agree with us on, on subjects A, B, and C, we assume that they would be with us also on D, E, and F. And that's not true. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. That's right. And I mean, just one little asterisk on the, on the Sam Harris example specifically, he's a guy who actually shares his ethical uh, framework a lot and, and his moral framework a lot. So you kind of know where he's at on a lot of the things that might come up. Um, as well, regards to an ethical sure. decision he's going to make. But a lot of other people, you don't. You never hear from them what their ethics actually are. No, and, and the other thing is like you have, a, in terms of the public figure, you have a lot of points of reference for Sam Harris. Right. Now you still, you might still be disappointed if you think that would translate into Sam Harris being nice to you in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Like you don't know but, that. Yeah, no, that's that's right. That's right. And and people would would be disappointed with Bart Campolo if they saw him yelling at his neighbor. Like the same guy that does the Humanize Me podcast, you know what I mean? It's true. About the dog. You would have been but disappointed. You would have been disappointed. But that doesn't mean that Although although you would have been you actually you you might have been disappointed but you wouldn't have been surprised. Cuz you go, you go like do, do I care, do I ever portray myself as a guy who like doesn't make a million mistakes? And have to no, apologize all over that's, the place. That's very right. Yeah. That's how I stay on brand. <laughs> right. <laughs> you would have to match you would have to also stick around until you came back with the beer, you know? Yeah, I have so, to lower I have to lower people's expectations all the time. Um it, you know, so that I can so that, so, so that I'm not a disappointment. <laughs> okay, stop there. Let's take a break. Hey, I'm Katie, one of Humanize Me's producers. If you like this podcast, you'll love Bart's new monthly newsletter. It's another way to get content like this, a way to plug into the community, and you can get it for as little as a buck a month on Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the work we do, Patreon is the place to do it. Check us out at patreon.com backslash humanize me. Thanks! But wait, here's here's the thought. I actually have a definition of character. Okay. That I use all the time. And I think it's really good. Okay. I think character is the consistent congruity between somebody's words and their actions. But what but I mean, what if their what if their words and actions both suck? Does that mean they still they have, have a, a bad character? Okay. What's the congruity between their word and their deed? Somebody would have a strong character if they were like, they would talk like a racist, they act like a racist, their, their character is racist. What I, want to, what I want to be able to judge in another person 
is what they're going to do under pressure. What I want to know is like, is what you're going to do predictable on the basis of what you say you're going to do? If you say you're going to show up, will you show up? If you say you're going to take care of my kid, will you take care of my kid? Mm -hmm. And I think that there are two aspects of that. One is what's your intention? So if you say you're going to take care of my kid, do you intend to take care of my kid? Like, do you intend to do that? Or, or are you just saying that to make me feel good or to con me out of money or to, you know, or, or to win some favor for me, but you don't actually, actually, you're not going to do it. You don't mean mm -hmm. to do it. It's not your intention. Mm -hmm. But I think the other thing is, are you competent to do it? So, so, so for instance, John, like somebody say, well, do you trust John Wright? And go like, I do. I really trust John Wright. I trust his character. So, so you would let him take care of your granddaughter? I would. I would. You're like, and you would also let him perform brain surgery on your wife. And I go like, I would not. I don't trust. I don't trust. I don't trust you at all to do brain surgery on my wife. Right. And it wouldn't be because of a lack of good intention. Your intentions would be great. You'd be like, I, Bart, I really, I really want to heal her. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do a great job. Yeah, I guess it's, like, it, yeah, it, John, it, I don't intentions trust you. coupled with competence. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that makes sense to me. The reason I would trust you to take care of my child is I think you intend, you have good intentions with respect to my child, but also I think you're capable of taking care of a child. I could do it. Yeah, yeah. I could do it. And then there would be somebody who might be, they might have great competence. Like Elon Musk, I would go like, he's a super competent guy. And you go like, would I trust him to manage my investment portfolio? I wouldn't. Because like, I don't think he shares a lot of my values. Mm -hmm. um, would I trust him to take care of my kids? I wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like. I haven't. You know. I don't think I would trust Elon Musk to look after your granddaughter either. No, <clears throat> no. And so, and so, he's super competent, but I, I, I don't know his intentions, or I don't trust his intentions. Um. Well, and, and yeah, and, and I mean, I think some good examples around someone like Elon Musk are like: Do, do you trust him to? come up with ideas that are going to disrupt an industry and prove useful to humanity and, and push us forward as a society? Yes. Do I trust him with things like having a, ba a set of po politics that are going to be balanced and, and lead to, you know, really d good diplomacy, good, you know, good relations between different parts of government and things like that? No. You know, yeah, I so mean, like, do, I, do, do, yeah. right. And so, and so like, we're talking about public figures. Moderate but, a social platform. Right. You know, look out for the needs of marginalized people. Mm -hmm. You know, right, right. I don't. You know, do I think he's worth listening to? Absolutely. Do I trust that he will? You know, that he will suggest things that are that are worthy of consideration. I absolutely do. Yeah. Um. So, so I think like that's an important thing. But I'm I'm thinking much more in just in terms of like the interpersonal realm, mm -hmm. um, because. We meet people and we kind of have to decide how vulnerable we're going to be with them or how honest we're going to be with them about ourselves. I, I, I think, you know, I have a friend who lives in Al, you know, Alabama who's a secular person and they really struggle with how much of themselves to reveal in public situations or even in, even in, in friendships. Yeah. In, for, for, because the, the consequences of being judged as a bad person are so strong and the ch the likelihood of being judged as a bad person because you don't believe in God are really high. 
Um, and and yeah. so, so, you know, that person has a really difficult thing where they're literally sitting across the table from somebody thinking, can I tell this person who I really am? Or can I tell them that I don't subscribe to their belief system? What, what's the risk involved there? Yeah, um, definitely. And, and now that's th- a really good point. And I think, you know, I'm trying to think like on a practical level, how do I make that determination or how do you make that determination? And I, do, you, do you think that people are different when they go into this decision? Because I do. I, I mean, this, this was actually one of the biggest points of contention between me and my girlfriend when we first met, um, which is, you know, a while ago now. Um, and it hasn't been an issue for a long time. But what, at the beginning, there were just like things that she would say or things that I would say where we would see it so differently as far as like our our ability to be open and vulnerable with just other people or like how do we think about the average stranger is it someone you can generally just let in through the door of your life and be open to and be and what i kind of realized was and what i think she she kind of forced me to realize was that i enjoyed the affect of openness like, oh, I'm just open to everybody and I'm just so loving and open-hearted and open-minded and everyone, you know, giving the impression that I, and believing actually that I would be, friend, you know, friends with everybody and everyone could cut. But actually there was a very tight group that I would actually talk about real things with mm. or let into my real emotional life and, and that kind of thing. And I think that was her point was that like, I wasn't even aware the extent to which I was discriminating, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's right. Cause you, you, you didn't appear to be discriminating, but you're like, yes. I really was. Yes. What's interesting is like, I think, I, I think that I actually talk about the real stuff in my life with a lot more people than most people do. I think that's right. But one of the things that I realize is, is that that's a like it's a privilege of of having a lot of support is that I can you know I can afford to get rejected by a lot of people right cuz I cuz I already have a lot of people on the team and I'm not like my income isn't dependent on the approval of the people that I might alienate um and I think that that's a really important thing is that some people are in a position to be more trusting of other people. Maybe that's what I was kind of in a yeah. roundabout way trying to say about my girlfriend. Like she want, you know, yeah, she she had a, a, a some life experiences that made her more guarded maybe, or made her like yes. be more choosy because she couldn't be as open as I was maybe pretending to be. So sometimes it's people have a history where they've been traumatized by trusting the wrong person. And so mm-hmm. they're like, I, I won't get fooled again that way. And sometimes people just have a reliable understanding of this is dangerous. Like this information could be used against me. And so I got to be really, I can't, I can't trust, I can't tell people my business. And I go mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, the same information, you really can't, I'm, I'm not really vulnerable to you. So I can share it with you. Right. And, you know, it's not right. going to get used against me. Um, sometimes people are open and honest because that's their character. And sometimes people are open and honest because they're able to be. And that somebody might right. be really closed and guarded and you go like, ah, you know, that's that's a, a mark against them. They're not an open person. And you go like, well, you know, you might want to find out why. Because they might be a very open person once they're in a position of safety. Um, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. So I, I think like 
we just did it. We just did an episode two weeks ago with a witch. Like I think witchcraft is bullshit. And <laughs> a witch, I, I just I have, when you say it, it's just funny to me. I have very little time for any kind of woo, and yet I went into that episode with a fairly open mind because Vanessa was highly recommended to me by our new producer Katie, who I feel like I have a a pretty good understanding because we've spent a lot of time talking. But actually, I trust Katie primarily because she was recommended to me by Holly Laurent. Yeah, yeah. Who runs the Megapod, who's on the Megapodcast, who I've known since she was 19 years old. And I trust implicitly. But these are all potential points of weakness, aren't they? I mean, the more there, the more links there are in the chain, you just have to assume that everyone's doing their due diligence with people all the way along the chain. Absolutely. So make no mistake, I gave Vanessa a chance. Don't have many witches on the podcast. Not right. really. In, I'm not really interested in talking about supernatural woo with anybody. Right, right. But, and if you listen to that show with this framework, what you would see is like, over the course of that conversation, I came to, I made a judgment about Vanessa's character. Yeah. And it was certainly helped along by the touch point of Katie. Mm -hmm. But then, but like, you say like, so would you let Vanessa babysit your kid? And I go like, I wouldn't. I don't know her that well. Well, not, but, not yet, but if, no. as long as she continued to be who she was on that I would, episode. I would, need, I would need more points of contact. I would need right. more, That's more frames. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, we got, and you go like, but I don't agree with the way she thinks about a lot of things. You know, although there was more of that than I expected, but I, I certainly found that her, her, the, the emotional resonance that she had with me was, was so strong. Um, and that's, I think that's the other thing is, is that I have, I, I've encountered so many new people over the years. I, I, I probably meet more people in a year than most people meet in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so like my judgment muscles are in really good shape. I make a lot of judgments. Um, you know, people say, don't be judgmental. I'm like, well, you know, you, you, you kind of have to. Right. You have to decide who you're going to get in a car with. You got to decide who you're going to talk to. You got to decide who you're going to, who you're going to spend your time with. And so I have to make this decisions a lot. And in terms of trying to practically answer our, our friend's question, one of the things I would say is, is that if you don't have a lot of experience making those judgments, I would say find somebody that does and ride piggyback. Like sort of like with movies, I don't, I don't want to watch a lot of bad movies. So I find a reviewer who watches all the movies, but whose judgments are consistently in line with my own judgments. And then I read their reviews. That's interesting. Yeah. And you go like, well, you don't do that with human beings. I go like, I, I do. And you're like, well, are there reviewers you trust more than other movie reviewers? Absolutely. There's some movie reviewers that if they like a movie, I go like, I'll never go see it. <laughs> and there are some people that if they, if Donald Trump tells me this is a great person of outstanding character, there's one thing I feel really confident in. And that is that this is probably a person whose character I shouldn't trust. Right. So, so I think that it's important sometimes to find somebody who you trust their competence as a judge of character and, 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 and maybe use that as a starting point. 
in certain relationships. Or let's say I meet somebody and I think they're wonderful and I'm ready to go into business with them. I go like, hey, you want to grab a drink with my wife and I? Because Marty has a very, very different um, meter than I do. And she often sees things I don't see. And I really trust her judgment. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes on the front end- You're a good team. You're a good team. Yeah. And, 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 you know, now you go, but what about with the mechanic? Oh, like, I'm interested in what Marty thinks of the mechanic, but that's not who I'm going to take with me if I want to know if this is a mechanic I should trust. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take somebody who not only knows about human character, but also that knows about cars. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask questions or with a, you know, or with a doctor, I'm going to, you know, that, that, that I think that we, you know, you say, how do I trust my own judgments? And I go like, make sure they're not just your own judgments. Yeah. So yeah, I have a, a sort of a thought that's about faking, about spotting fakers, um, because you mentioned, you know, almost exercising the muscles of char- of character judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm a filmmaker. That means I put people on camera and portray them, right? And I know maybe more than most that all it takes to humanize someone is to spend, you know, let the audience spend time with them, show show a couple of key things, like like in the movie with you and your dad. There's there's some things that I show about, like scene of you driving and talking about how the weather is in L.A you know, immediately you're on a, a level with someone and it's rapport building, right? So you get kind of get to know what people are like. And you talked about Vanessa being on our show for an hour. And over the course of an hour, you like her, right? You like her laugh. You like her. You like the way she talks. You, li- you like some of the things she says. So how do you know when someone's faking that? In other words- Well, I mean, first thing is on that film or that, like, you, yeah. when, whenever it's produced, like, beware. Because- yeah, when someone's edited you it. Could ed- you could have edited the same footage you shot of me and my dad and made me look like a horrible, mean guy. You could have made me look like an idiot. You could have made me look, you could have made it look like I, I crushed him in the argument. You could have made it look like he crushed me. Well, that's true. And, and when Bill O'Reilly was on the air every night, he was aware when the cameras were on and the second they were off, you heard how he treated his producers and everything else, right? So you know that you're getting a curated version of yeah, Bill so O'Reilly. That, that's, that's really important. And, and like, the more you know about how magazine profiles are written, the less you trust a magazine profile. Mm. I still enjoy them, but right. I've had magazine wrote profiles written about me that made me seem like a much better person than I am or a much more unidimensional person or that, that flattened out my marriage so that it was a one dimensional thing. And I just like, okay, like, so, so I'm not mad. I mean, they only had so many pages to write, but I'm telling you what, it's not, it's not the, when I read a profile of somebody else, that's one lens, that's one view, that's one moment. And so I I think you got the more, the more produced something is the, the less, the less I trust it. Yeah. Gerard Carmichael just put out a beautiful, beautiful film, a a, a special, a one hour special called uh, Rothaniel, which is, it's it's half comedy and half confessional therapy session, um, where he talks about like the secrets in his family and he comes out with some of his own secrets. Wow. And it's beautiful and it rings really true, but like, 
I'm also aware that this is a professional actor and that it was edited. Well, and and while you're talking about that, I think it's, uh, you know, we have, there's a lot of reality TV out there and, and a lot of people watch a lot of reality TV. And that's another interesting thing because half of the, half of the point of watching a reality TV show is to judge, judge the character of, of the characters the whole time. Like such and such did this to someone that was the big drama tonight. What do you think of that? And the water cooler talk is literally Bart about like, Oh no, I would never trust her because this, 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 and this. No, but you're wrong because you know, that's what, that's the pastime. That's the whole point of the reality show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's fat. It is fascinating, you know, and how to spot a faker. I'm not sure I'm very good at it. I, I don't know if I'm very good at like, you know, sometimes you can sort of, feel that something is off and it mm-hmm. feels very in- intuitional or something, but um, I'm what, not sure what, that there are reliable, teachable things. Maybe there I, are. I'll tell you what, it's very different when you're in person. And this is what con artists rely upon. And that is that as human beings, we are sort of evolutionarily hardwired to believe what people say to us. Yes. And we are much more likely to believe what somebody says to us in person. So somebody comes up and says, listen, my, my, my sister's around the corner and she's bleeding and I need, I need your help. And people go like, okay. Um, we're, we're really susceptible um, to that. And I, I, I don't have yeah, the science. Yeah. I don't have the science Warm, with me. Warmth and facial cues and yeah. I don't have the science with me, but I've, I've read the science and, 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 I believe it to be true that, that, that our first instinct is to believe people when we're with them. Right. And um, it's very hard for us to call somebody a liar to their face mm-hmm. um, or to even suggest, you know, and, and many times, you know, when, when in, in my work in the inner city, I got conned many times. I got really? much better, oh, many times. Like someone mm. would say, what, they need money because of this and then you my give them the money and down. then- Okay. You know, or, or somebody would come and they would say like, Hey, I, you know, I, I, one time I got conned with a friend of mine and, and there was all this junk in our front yard that we were in this house we were renovating. And the guy said, listen, I, uh, I, I'll, if you pay me, I'll take that stuff away and take it to the dump for you. And I was like, that sounds great. I didn't want to mess with that stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, let me, I'll be, I'll be right back with my truck. And then he, and then he came back and he said, oh my gosh. He said, you know, and, and. In, in this case, as, as a black guy, I'm in a black neighborhood, guy comes up and he goes like, I really need the work, man. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I really need the work. He says, you know what? He says, the tr- my, my cousin had the truck, it's empty. Like, if you give me the money to put the gas in it, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come back with the truck, I'll get the gas, you know, I'll, I'll take it and I'll do it for you. And I, I gave him the money. And I mean, like, it's, it's insane looking back at it, but like, it was a man standing in front of me and to say no to him would be to say, I think you're lying to me. And I just, I wasn't willing to risk being wrong because I thought yeah. it would be so hurtful to, to, to him if, if I said, look, you just look like a no account guy. So I'm going to say no. So, so I gave him, and, and he never came back. There was no truck. And, and what he was relying on was that I would have enough white guilt and human decency to not feel comfortable questioning him 
And I didn't, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, and like, and I I mean, that's one of 30 stories of me getting caught. Right. Um, And so- you're like, why should I listen to you talk about judging character? <laughs> and and I think that the only thing I learned was, is that as over the, over the course of my time in those situations, I started to build in things where I was like, listen, listen, I don't have any money right now, but if you meet, you know, like give me the, you know, meet me at this, you know, if you meet me at this gas station in 20 minutes, I'll have it. You know, and like, I, I would just read, I, I would make them do something to sort of be where, you know, do something or take me to the, tr- like, I, but I do have a, I have a gallon of gas in my, in my garage. Let me go get it. We'll drive out to the truck together. <laughs> and, 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 and they would look at me like, oh, you're calling me a liar without calling me a liar. <laughs> and I, you know, my thought was like, if you're not a liar, we'll go to the truck. <laughs> right. But like, that's all, all I learned was, is that my judgment was so unreliable that, that I needed to like, I needed to change the, the decision making tree so that, well, I was yeah. Protected. And like, and like you say, you know, maybe it comes down to privilege a little bit because it's like, Hey, I would rather be, you know, open-minded, open-hearted, you know, and, and, and vulnerable and then be conned once in a while and have all those, the benefit of all those good interactions. Along yeah. the way, that's almost like a, a privilege thing, though, where it's like some people may not have the luxury or may not feel they have the luxury of being so open to, to, to vulnerability or hurt. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, no. But and I think that the other thing is like when I think about that particular thing of judging a person's character, mm-hmm. I think the other thing is that character sometimes gets caught up with decisions. We, th- we, we think about it in terms of a person's decisions, but I think it's much more about a person's nature. And so that's why I mean like intentions are good, but that's not, that's not the totality of a person's character. The reason I say that is I think that there are people that are dangerous that you shouldn't trust with your children, for instance. And they would like to be people you could trust with their children, but they've been hurt. Maybe they were hurt as children. And their sexuality got screwed up or their, their sense of limitations or their anger management. Right. Or their, their, their understanding, their, their triggers for violence. And you, and, and like, you say like, so they're a bad person. I go like, no, no, no. I think, I think they're a good hearted person. You go like, so they're a good hearted person. So you can trust them, right? They'll, they'll just, no, 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 no. That's they, not the only thing. They, they, they aren't, they're damaged. And so you can trust that they will fail if put under this kind of pressure. Um, but you can also trust that they'll be very sad when they fail and they'll be very disappointed. And so sometimes understanding character isn't about like, I'm going to give them a chance. It's, it's about like, I'm actually, I'm not going to create an op- another opportunity for them to fail. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. Whether a person's good or bad isn't, those are very crude terms. I think we want to talk about like, what are a person, what does a person intend? You know, are they good hearted? Mm-hmm. And also what is a person able to do? And, and, and where are they broken or where are they, where are they vulnerable? Um, and so, you know, making a, 
blanket judgment about whether or not a person is of good character or bad character or a person is trustworthy or not trustworthy. Like, tell me the situation. Yeah. Because I know some people that are really trustworthy in one situation and really unreliable in another one. And anyone who's ever been close to an addict will tell you that. Right, right. I, like, I, I, I know addicts that I can trust that they would never say something unkind um, in a social setting. Like that they would never denigrate another person or humiliate another person. Like, but I, but I don't know that they will pay the rent next month. Yeah. You just can't, you just can't trust them to do that. Do you think it's generally a virtue to be trustful? That, 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 no, no, that, that's exactly what we were just talking about. Like, you know, cause sometimes, you know, sometimes people said, I'd rather trust people, you know, a hundred and get, I'd, I'd rather trust people 10 times and get burned once mm -hmm. than distrust people 10 times and miss out on the nine good people in the world. And I go like, yeah, yeah. If you can afford to get burned, that's a great motto. And that's again, like different people can, can afford to be trusting in certain situations that, that, that other people can't. Like, but I'm trying to push you to say, I mean, would you say it's, um, a virtue to be trustful as much as possible? No, no. It's an advantage. It's okay. not a virtue. Okay. Okay. It's an advantage. Like if you're lucky enough that you can afford to take a loss, hey, hey Vanessa is a great example, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't need everyone to agree with me. I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm confident in my views. It's nobody, it's just not going to shake me up or make me feel weird. I'm not, I'm not prone to getting suckered. So I can, and, and I can take it. the other way around, by the way, she seemed very, Oh yeah. She wasn't worried she, about me at all. Not at all. Like if you didn't believe what she did or, or you were going to laugh at it, no she skin was off her teeth. Not at all. Not no. at all. Yeah. So I was able to take the chance to be really open and go like, yeah, you know, I don't believe any of this stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious, but I, you know, and she was like, yeah, you know, here's a, and so I end up having this delightful conversation. And the question is, is my life richer for having trusted her? Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Like I, I, I walked away. I had stuff. I, 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 what's the expression? I ate out on that, on that conversation for a week. I had a lot of cool conversations with other people that opened up other things. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I got, a, I got so much out of that. And like, you know what, if I go to Chicago and like, I'm jammed up and I don't, like I can call Vanessa and she would come and pick me up at a restaurant and say like, look, you can stay overnight at my place if you got no place to sleep. Like I've like, I won something beautiful out of that conversation. But like only because I could afford to get busted up. Mm -hmm. Like if it had gone horrible, if she'd ended up cursing me out and telling me I was, you know, like if it, if it ended up like that last year with um, somebody who didn't end up liking me and I got a lot of negative emails and a lot of that negative messages and you're like, yeah, that wasn't pleasant, but like I could afford to take that hit. Yes. Yes. And if she had, and if Vanessa had cussed you out or it had gone terribly, you wouldn't have been on in a ball, a fetal position on the floor. Some people would have. Yes. You know? Yes. 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 Yeah. And so you go like, is it a virtue to be open? No, it's an advantage. Like I, if you can, if you have enough money that you can gamble, you, can do it. you might win. This is good. Yeah. So if you can do it. So that's what I, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, so read me the question again and we'll see how we didn't answer it at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, Bart, we all know you want uh, everyone to build more loving relationships. 
I'm wondering how to more reliably judge the character of another person. Uh, listening to Ricky Gervais made a bunch of jokes about race and gender that only made me laugh because I'm sure he's a good guy. If I trust someone's attentions, intentions, then I can listen to what they say, even if those same statements would seem problematic, controversial, or even malicious coming from someone I didn't trust. Uh, so then, what do you think it takes to accurately appraise someone else's character, whether yeah. they're a public figure? That's the hard part, right? Whether they're a public figure or my neighborhood auto mechanic. Yeah, it's really hard. Hard. I, I will tell you this much. I bet you something that Ricky Gervais said in that special was problematic, was offensive. He says, he says things that are offensive sometimes. Well, he does it on purpose. Yeah. And if you know him and you trust his character, I don't agree with you on that. And you might have a great, you might have had a great lunch conversation with Ricky Gervais. I mean, like I, I, I sometimes say things and test them out with people that I'm friends with. And they go like, you're lucky I'm the one saying that if you said that in front of this person, you'd, you'd right. be. And I go like, oh God, I'm glad I didn't. And and then I think like, that's that's what a safe friendship allows you to do. It allows you to say some things, to try out some things and find out what flies and what doesn't. And then, and, and then when you go out in public, you don't make an ass of yourself. And so, you know, that's the other sort of privilege of, of trust is in a sense of, it doesn't mean like, since I know Ricky Gervais is a good guy, I know that what he said was good. No. Right, right, right. No, he might've said something really awful. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that like, we've had conversations about forgiveness and we will again. We have. But one of yeah. the things is, is like, we forgive people whose characters we trust. Yes. Very differently than we forgive people whose characters we are uncertain of. Even if we know somebody is only reliable three quarters of the time, you can trust that character too. You can trust it to be, to be reliable three quarters of the time. The whole thing about assessing a person's character is not making an up-down judgment. It's about predictability. It's about what can I expect from this person? And I think that it's really important to remember that to the degree that we're judging people, it's good to judge what we can expect. And, 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 and we have to judge what we can expect of strangers, of, of, of loved ones, of public figures. But I think it's really important not to fall into the habit of saying, I trust him and I don't trust him or I don't trust her, but I do trust her. Up, down, binary. Like this is... <laughs> This is a place where binaries are really problematic. This is a place where you want to be nuanced in your sense of what it means to trust another person's character. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Sorry, sorry, like listener, like you'll probably never <laughs> listen again. You're like, I asked a great question and they totally fucked it up. Um, but, um, but, you know, if there's anything you can trust about this podcast, it's that we'll be back again trying another time. Great. And so we'll see you next time on Human Ask Me. To hear an exclusive extra episode every month, please go to patreon.com slash humanize me. You'll also get Bart's monthly newsletter over there and get access to some great Humanize Me merch. Our supporters on Patreon are the ones making this show happen. For more information on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. Also, 
If you choose to listen to the podcast on Spotify, we have a listener poll that you can take part in every episode, including this one. So join us on Spotify. Humanize Me is produced by Katie Johnson-Smith, me, John Wright, and Bart Campolo. Hey, you could be larger than life. So thanks for the credits, John. Now, is there anybody else we got to thank? Yes, there is, Bart. We need to thank Brian Olson. Thank you, Brian Olson. We need to thank uh, Brian DeVore. And we have two Brians. Do we have more than two Brians? Uh, we we had uh, Brian Lawson last time, but uh, the difference with Brian DeVore is that he's uh, Brian with a Y. Ooh. That's, that's, is he Canadian? I don't know. I wonder how many Canadian listeners we have. It's good. It's a good question. Thank you. Uh, we also Brian need to Brian. thank. Sorry, uh, we need to thank Chad Grell. Thank you, Chad. Uh, we also need to thank Chuck Jones. Chuck Jones. Yeah, you know Chuck's one of those people who often sends an email, and he's beautiful. He's, yeah, a super encouraging person. We need to thank Connie Dollins. Oh my goodness, that is that is not just a woman, that is a wonderful woman. That is a wonderful woman. And a wonderful humanist who is kind of like being a wonderful humanist in parts of the world where it is hard to be a wonderful humanist. And so it's just such an honor to have her be one of our supporters. Dave Anfinson. Dave, thank you, Dave. David Buckley. David Buckley. Uh, so we're into the Davids? Where's the Davids? I've, Davids? Got a, I've got a few of them, yeah. Cool. I'm yeah. gonna go all the way down the Davids. We got right. a David we got a David Price. Yes. Yeah. And finally, David Thompson. David Thompson, who I actually talked about in our, in an episode because he's the easiest friend. And, and and by the way, I'm not the only person that thinks that. Like David Thompson's one of the easiest people to love that really? I really that's that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so that's it for now. All right. Well, listen, thanks to all of you, especially you, Davids. And uh, we'll see you next time.